Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. This is a Lip Media podcast. Off topic, hot topic. That's whatever you were talking about for you. Hello and welcome to Off Topic Hot Topic, a hunting season's bonus podcast where we get to talk about the headlines of the TV and entertainment world and discuss the stuff we've been watching, reading, playing and generally consuming. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damask Leary. And at this point, we're probably scheduled to have been discussing Killing Eve Season 3. Mm-hmm. We will get to that soon. We will. Uh, it has been impeded by world events mm-hmm. and also Damascus had uh, to finish her semester of uni. How'd that go for you? I did it! Yay! I mean, I don't know if I've passed everything <laughs> yet, but everything's been submitted. Um, so, yes. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Does that mean you've only got one semester left? And then, Yep, yep, yep. And, and then, I'm done. then you're a what? Uh, teacher, I'm coming for your kids. I'm coming for your children. What are you going to do? How long have you got off between semesters? Like Like five or six weeks. Nice. Yeah, nice little chunk. What are you going to do? Oh, nothing. I've I've started a puzzle. I did Um, see that. We're in your house today. (laughs) I saw your little uh, card table set up with the puzzle on it. Very nice. Um, Which Angela hates. She thinks she hates that table being there. She thinks it's disgusting. Um, but so I'm going to really take my time with it and just watch her <laughs> resentment grow. Excellent. Um, other than that, probably do some creative stuff. Keep working on seizing up podcast. Mm. Um, just little things like that. Very stuff nice. to make me happy while I got the time. Very good. Hmm. I've uh, I've been busy as well. I had a week off, which was really nice from work. Uh, more importantly, I mean, not the most important thing. Trivially. I was on the Dialogue, Dialogue Options podcast a couple of weeks mm. ago as well. We did a three-hour-long deep dive discussion on Final Fantasy VII Remake. This is the second time you've mentioned this. And, I'll bring uh, it up. I'll bring it up now. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I don't think we... Had we done it at the time that... Uh, I'm not sure we'd done it when I talked about previously. You had told me it took three hours. So. Oh, okay. Then I'd have it <laughs> Anyway, go check that out. The Dialogue Options podcast with Joel and Kyron. It's a great video game podcast. Mm-hmm. And yeah, check out that episode. And they do weekly podcasts about like... Uh, the news in gaming, what they've been playing and stuff like that. Last of Us 2 comes out at the end of the week. I'm trying oh, to figure out whether exciting. I'm going to buy it or not. Mm. I already have a backlog of about a half a dozen games that I'm never going to play. So, why would I buy another one? <laughs> yep. Yep. Fair enough. And that's where I'm at. Mm. All oh, right. I do have some exciting news. Please go on. Yesterday, no one cares, but I'm still going to share it because I'm excited about it. <laughs> this is basically a diary <laughs> episode. You can exactly. do whatever you want. <laughs> um, yesterday, I went to the optometrist and I finally got on order... My prism glasses, which means Ooh. I will be able to go to the movies and not have to watch them through one eye. Holy shit. Isn't that's that so exciting? exciting. Yes. I know. When the optometrist put like the little prism things on, mm. I started <laughs> I started tearing up and then I got self-conscious because he was looking at my eyes. But I was so, so happy about that. So explain what the problem is when you're going to the movies. Like what is... So I have double vision in mm-hmm. long distance. So if I have to focus on one point in the distance, I see double. Sure. Because my, my left eye turns in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so either when I'm tired or, yeah, concentrating long distances for a long time, I just close one eye, which uh, I've been doing for, God, 
six years or something. And so obviously that's awful when going to the cinemas, but I can imagine that's hard when going to the theatre, when going yes. to mm-hmm. a sporting event, yeah. when going to uni lectures. Yeah. Like You know, if you want to walk and look at the horizon... It's impossible. You so, don't you don't drive, but I can imagine that would make driving difficult if yes. you did drive. So, you know, if I want to get around to getting my license, now I can. Ah, that's very exciting. Isn't that exciting? Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Uh, yeah, we should also mention, this is our first off-topic hot topic episode in a long while. Mm. We actually had some feedback from people who listened to the podcast that were missing those episodes. Oh, that's Which nice. was nice to hear. Which um, I also like because... There's less stuff to do oh, it's for super us. super easy to do, <laughs> yeah. which is why we're doing it today because yeah. we aren't quite ready for Killing Eve Season 3. We'll get mm-hmm. to that. Um, and also because it's been so long and like it's been at least six months since we did one of these, mm-hmm. it feels like it's been about eight years. It does. A lot has happened. We've both grown beards. <laughs> we're haggard. Yeah. <laughs> That's the just state of the world. Serious weight fluctuations That's on either like, end. Yep. A lot has happened. Like I keep thinking a lot has happened in the last six months. A lot has happened in the last two weeks. A lot has happened since the last time we recorded. Yeah. We recorded about the great. That feels about yeah. a month or two ago. A it lot was only will a happen by ago. the end of this podcast. Like I'm scared <laughs> yeah. to go on Twitter after we finish recording. Who knows what's happening right now? Uh, before we get into things, you should know that we love getting topic suggestions from our listeners. So if you'd like to contribute a question, topic or story to Off Topic Hot Topic, you can do so by emailing us at contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com or tweeting us at huntingscast and we'll get to it again in six months time. <laughs> You're welcome. News in fuller. I forgot about this segment. <laughs> How long it's been. And you Has know he what? done anything in six So has Brian Fuller because nothing has happened. <laughs> As far as I can tell, the biggest news mm. in Brian Fuller's life currently is that Hannibal is now back on Netflix in the US. Oh, so just like they're re-airing it. I it's think not I, new stuff. I, it's no, 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 okay. no season four, none of that. Okay. It's like that's they keep mm. talking about it. They want to yeah. do it. There is literally no news yeah. involving this man. Okay. Well, we will keep this segment until <laughs> the day we die because <laughs> um, every time it makes me laugh. So, okay, good. Good to know. All right. Let's go through some headlines. There were obviously a lot of headlines that have happened. In the last six in months. In the last six months. We'll go through each of them. Even, <laughs> yeah. even just in, in the TV world, let alone the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. I want to put this out there now. Let's just take it as a given that everything that Hollywood produces has been delayed. Yes. Like, let's not talk about how Black Widow is delayed. It's We know. We know. We're aware. Movies cancelled right now. Mm-hmm. So, we're not going to talk about those specifically. But we'll go through a few things that have happened. Starting with TV news, shows that have been renewed. Uh, HBO's Avenue 5 has been renewed for a season Woo-hoo! two. Excellent. How, you watched Avenue 5, did you not? Yes. How did you find it? I really enjoyed it. Um, it's not perfect, but I think I I really enjoy so many people in that cast and I like the concept. Um, yeah, Which is, very briefly, the concept. So, um, it's set in the near future of a bunch of kind of rich people uh, or upper middle class people who... They go on a cruise ship, if you will, but in space. Mm-hmm. So that is now accessible to people. Um, and this particular cruise ship, Avenue 5, has some technical difficulties. And so they are um, stuck in space for an extended period of time that they were not expecting. So this is like Deep Space Nine, but rich people. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Uh, Netflix's Lost in Space has been renewed for a third and final season. Mm. Uh, we reviewed season one. We did. With friend of the show, Cameron Williams. Uh, I'd like to get to season two one day. So I feel like the time. it kind of happened, but we were waiting for so long and then it happened and I wasn't seeing any like ads for it or anything. So I, I missed it. I remember asking at one stage, yeah. like what happened with season two? And then it kind of just appeared and was gone. Yeah. And it was like, I can see why now, it's like I can see, season. yeah, now that it's like a, a, to- a full thing, I wouldn't mind 
watching all of it. Sure. I also wonder as well whether we're going to hit a point sooner or later mm. where there's just like going to be a gap in TV releases. Where uh, yeah, because true. nothing's been able to be produced for, you know, mm. several months now. And it's like, maybe now's the time to go back and watch some of that stuff. We'll see. That's a good point. Uh, mm-hmm. Disney Plus is The Mandalorian has been renewed for a season three, even though season two hasn't even come out yet. <laughs> HBO's Westworld has been renewed for a fourth season for some reason. Fourth and final? <laughs> they haven't said. We thought it, we thought the third was likely to be the final. Uh, that was not the case. I mean, it was the final for me, but yeah. Uh, Adult Swim, this is exciting news, mm. has rescued... Uh, Best Birdie Buds, Tuka and Birdie, and bring it ah, back for a season two. So that was originally wow. on Netflix. Mm. Got cancelled after one season. Uh, a show that people seem to really like. Mm-hmm. I don't think. I think both of us tried to watch it and didn't love it, but yeah. didn't, was just like, I don't think it's for we us. We didn't love BoJack in the beginning either. But so that's the thing yeah. too, right? And then it was just like gone so quickly, mm. and so very cool to see adults mm, picking that up. Cool. Um, Congratulations. That is exciting. And NBC show Good Girls is getting us fourth season as well. So that's exciting. Mm. Uh, also on releases, upcoming releases, Search Party Season 3 is arriving on HBO Max on June 25th. So that is very soon. Uh, there's a big delay, I think, between Season 2 and Season 3's mm. production release. So there you go. Uh, all right. Some other news. American Crime Stories impeachment season. So this is the season about Monica Lewinsky. Oh, yes. Uh, the Monica Lewinsky scandal, I suppose you'd mm-hmm. say, with Bill Clinton. Uh, has well, cast- Bill Clinton's scandal. Bill Clinton's scandal involving Michael Lewinsky. She was a little porn. Yep. Thank you very much. Uh, has cast Betty Gilpin as Ann Coulter. Oh, fuck yes. <laughs> oh, my- I didn't see that coming and I was taking a sip of coffee as you said it. You're lucky I didn't do a spit take. <laughs> oh, excellent, excellent. Another thing to fap to. Whoa. <laughs> you know who Ann Coulter is, right? I don't care. <laughs> uh, Betty Gilpin. Gilpin could play. I was going to say something terrible. I'm not going to say that. (laughs) I just love her so much. She can do no wrong. I need to see The Hunt is out now. Mm, I have seen that. And zero people cared when it did come out finally after all that furor around it Mm. being whatever, divisive in some ways. I want to check that out because I've heard she is like star making. Yeah, it's it's tragic, the story of what happened in the release of that because, yeah, it, it would have been amazing for her career. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is reteaming with True Detective creator for new TV series um, in what sounds a lot like could be a True Detective season four, mm. but is not called that. Um, it doesn't involve... If Woody's not in it, I care a lot less. Okay, so if it's not... Oh, well, because it's, it's not the same character, I know, obviously. I know. I just love them together. Because we haven't seen... Matthew McConaughey has only really done True Detective mm. as his only really version of TV he's ever done. Mm-hmm. So the idea is coming back to do more with... Um, the true detective creator. Yeah. Um, is exciting. Nick Pazabagadaba. You uh, nailed that. Yeah, it's a very long name and I can't remember it exactly off the top of my head. And it's well, I'm glad notes. you attempted it even though you had no <laughs> idea what it was. It starts with a P <laughs> and has a couple of Zs in there, I'm pretty sure. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, I'll come back to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that doesn't excite you at all if it doesn't involve Woody Harrelson? I'll wait until I have more info, I think. I'm interested to see maybe what not being in the constraints of what true detective is expected to be mm. might help. Yeah. But we'll see. Why the Last Men? Man, sorry. Why the Last Man? The long-cursed mm. comic book adaptation Your TV beloved, show that I've wanted. The tragic tale. Lost Barry Kogan before the start yes, of the year. that's right. Uh, has now been replaced by Ben Schnetzer mm-hmm. um, to star as Yorick Brown. I am not aware of this actor. Okay. I know nothing about him, but mm-hmm. I'm just happy that someone's been cast. Excellent. So we can finally get the show made. Congratulations. Maybe. <laughs> it's cursed, bro. So just the, accept that it's cursed. Sure. The Lizzie McGuire reboot. Yes! The one we've all been waiting for. Speaking of, I watched a couple episodes yesterday. 
of the original. Not the re- of the original. Because yeah, I was yeah. going to say, at this stage, as far as I'm aware, all production has halted <sighs> on that show because before well, even- Terry Minsky, whatever his name is, left. Well, well. Uh, uh, the creator and writer of the show was kicked off the show. Apparently, yeah, Hilary Duff, about. and this is what mm-hmm. I wanted to bring up, and you might know more about this than I do. Hilary Duff hinted that the reason the show was sort of like halted production was mm. because Disney Plus didn't like its adult themes. That there oh, was this love that. was this real mm. desire to sort of go, well, if Lizzie's going to be 30-something in New York, which mm-hmm. I think is the pitch of the show, let's tell a story about Lizzie McGuire being 30-something. And I love then that. when it wasn't a kid's <gasps> show, they weren't happy about oh, it. I would. Oh, my God. All right. So I'm imagining like a sex in the city, but with like her stupid cartoon aside. Yes. Yes. With like, so like more fun. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, that would have been Fools. cool. Yeah, I don't understand what they're doing. Mm. Nick Pizzolotto. I should remember that. I've said that a bunch of times on the show. We've, did, mm. we've reviewed all three seasons. That's the director of, yeah. and writer of, uh, no, writer, creator of True Detective. Mm. Uh, Taika Waititi is set to direct to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He did the fa- thing again with his last name. What? What's that? When Liam said that you pronounce his last name like he's an android from Star Wars. <laughs> YTT. <laughs> <laughs> Taika Waititi? Is that better? It sounds better, yeah. Sure. Taika Waititi. You can't you can't get out I of it. I love that. Just embrace it. <laughs> well the thing is, he's played a he has actually played a robot in Star Wars. That's not a justification. <laughs> <laughs> direct- no, no, just lean into it. I love it. Sure. YTT to direct two Charlie the Chocolate Factory animated shows for Netflix. Um, I enjoy Taika's work. Mm-hmm. That sounds fun. Um, Roald Dahl's being done to death. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is being done to death. Ugh. It's hard to imagine what you can do new with that concept, but animated. Maybe there's some fun to Pretty be had cool. there. Pretty cool. Yeah, I'd probably check it out. There's certainly there were two books, right? There was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and then the Glass Elevator. And the Glass Elevator has never been turned into anything. No idea. On screen, I I've always found Roald Dahl particularly terrifying. Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Go on. Uh, well, the stories are all about children on the verge of being murdered. And then also the illustrations that come with them are the scariest drawings ever created. This is exciting news if you ask me. The Last of Us is getting a TV series from HBO mm. um, from creator of Chernobyl, Craig Mazin, and the creator of The Last of Us, Neil Druckmann. That uh, is exciting. That is extremely exciting. Have you? What do you know about The Last of Us? Uh, I played a bit of it. Ooh, what'd you play? Not much. I got to the point where I had to sneak past zombies and I couldn't fucking do uh, it. It was so goddamn hard. I was so frustrated. I tried at least ten times and I was like, "Well, this is fucking bullshit," and I gave up. Did you ever but it think? Cool. Did you ever think about reducing the difficulty? Like, would you do that to play a game for the sake of its story? Because that's one of the things that it's mm. like known for is it's. A very compelling human drama yeah. amongst all the zombies that are in there. Mm-hmm. Um, would you ever do that with a video game? Do they have a baby level? They've got a very easy level. Then probably yes, but <laughs> I've only got a Switch now. so Ah, okay. Mm. That's a shame. Uh, in extra news that's come out since the initial announcement of that, Johan Renk, uh, who's a director on Breaking Bad and Chernobyl has been confirmed to be directing the pilot for The Last of Us. Cool. Which, based on people's perception or the reception of Chernobyl, is pretty exciting, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. You watched a bit of Chernobyl, did you know? Yeah, but people always get really upset with me when I tell them that I didn't finish it. I haven't started I just it, lost so interest, to be perfectly honest Ooh. with you. Ooh. It's like, I don't know. It, it's super depressing, obviously. Yeah. But obviously, in the first few episodes, high drama, like really high stakes, and then... For me, it dissipated 
And like, yeah, I don't know. The quest- but I also watched it after everyone else. So I didn't have the, oh my God, have you watched Chernobyl kind of conversations that were happening at the time. Sure. Um, so as someone who kind of started to play the game of The Last of Us, does the mm. idea of the TV show compel you, especially because yeah, you didn't definitely. get to play? Like, because everyone always talks about the story yeah. and that's why I played it. Because that's the big question, right? It's like, if the story is so successfully told in the video game, why make it a TV series? Like, why make that translation? Is it, mm. is it What's the point of that, really? Well, it's the kind of thing is like, you know, if you never got around to reading a really good book and sure. they start they're going to make a TV show. You're like, oh, cool, awesome. Now I don't have to read the book. And I think that's the important thing. It's like someone who's played the game, I, yeah, of course I might know where the story's going and stuff like that. Mm. But it's not necessarily about me <laughs> in this scenario. <laughs> it's like, listen, if it's a good story, make it more accessible to more people. Yep. What's wrong with that? Uh, Disney Plus has announced a live-action Robin Hood reboot. And I spring this up because it is a Dis- direct-to-Disney Plus movie. It's mm. not just like a movie that's going to the cinemas. So... Andrew and I mm. have spoken about this um, because she loves Robin Hood. It, he was her first, the Disney one, the Fox one, was her first crush. This is a very common Very common. Situation. Um, it's really infiltrated her mind in the fact that she's very attracted to redheads. <laughs> um, it's overwhelming when you look at her dating history. Uh, makes me feel... Not very special. Anyway, um, so she's very excited about this, as am I. And so we've actually already chosen the cast for it. Really? We stayed up one night and we're just like going through our cast. And I'm going to say it's pretty impressive. Do you, Any standouts? Who's um, playing Robin Hood? The guy, Luke Kirby. Is that his name? Yes. The guy from Mrs. Maisel. Yes. Yeah. So he's Robin Hood. Um, as Fry Tuck, we have Danny DeVito. Sure. As Maid Marian, got the beautiful Rosamund Pike, because I yep. think she could just totally sell that. Sure. As Lady Cluck, Lisa Kudrow, wonderful. Little John mm-hmm. is Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Sure. Prince John, so the, the evil yep. prince dude. Megan Mullally. Yes. Sheriff of Nottingham is Danny McBride. Sure. Could certainly do the voice. Sure. Sir Hiss is Leslie Jordan. I don't know if you know who he is, but he's this tiny little gay man. Who is just hilarious? Um, Alan Adale, who's the guy, the chicken that plays the guitar. That's Jermaine Clement. Yep. And as King Richard is John Goodman. So that's what we've worked out so far. John Goodman. Because wait a second, hold on. Oh, that's interesting. He's the lion. He's the good king that comes yep. back. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, cool. The because that's one of the interesting things as well is like is it's not the Jungle Book cast in as in. In it is it in the animated it's, one? But um, some similar of the, like, animation. It's not like Baloo is like is uh, Little John is Little John. So that's interesting too. Yeah. It's like then you go think about: Do you get Bill Murray to play Little John <laughs> since he played Baloo in the live action The Jungle Book? Well, he's not big enough. He's not. He's a, it's a voice. Well, that's a, okay. This is the question, right? Oh, is it going well, to be? This is the bit that's confusing me, right? Because Disney has changed the definition of live action. <laughs> no one knows what reality is anymore. But this, like, okay, so when you no, say- no, I'm talking about humans playing these characters. Okay, because that's the bit that's confusing. Mm. When Disney Plus announces a live action reboot of the Disney mm-hmm. animated Robin Hood, I want what you're making is Robin Hood in costumes, <laughs> dressed as characters. As I want like a furry. Box. I want a furry <gasps> kind of vibe. Don't yeah. hire the people that did cats, obviously. <laughs> um, but that's the vibe I'm thinking. That, yeah. Okay. I like that. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> it's either. Look, Brad, none of this is going to happen. <laughs> it's just my, it's just our kind of fantasy at this point. Would you prefer to see of the more likely options? Like, 
surely what they're talking about is a CGI animated mm. fox mm-hmm. that's also anthropomorphic yes. as Robin Hood. Why make that live action? And if that's not going to work, then you're just making Robin Hood with people in it, which is what Robin Hood normally is. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm not really sure yeah. why Disney feels like they need to do this. It's a very strange thing The thing me. is, they don't have to answer to you, bro. They don't have to answer to anyone. <laughs> that's a good... They're making the rules. Good point. Uh, Disney Plus is also developing a female-focused Star Wars series from Russian Dolls uh, creator, I think showrunner and one of the writers, Leslie Headland. Mm. Uh, this little bit comes from the AV Club. Deadline Variety have confirmed uh, that a forthcoming series is understood to be a female-driven action thriller with martial arts elements and set, and this is interesting, in an alternate timeline from the usual Star Wars universe. It's still in the very early stages and staffing and plot details are, as it is usually the case with these things, under wraps. As of now, Disney and Headland have yet to comment. Um, so, mm. how do we feel about that, first and foremost? Just the idea of a female-led Star Wars show on Disney Plus with Leslie Headland uh, leading. Um, I think the exciting part of that is Leslie Headland definitely, doing it. Definitely. Fantastic um, Russian doll. We love Russian yes. doll. I mean, it's such a little information at this point, yep. other than it's got ladies in it and karate kicks. The bit that, the, the way it's worded is alternate timeline, which always makes me think of, like, not, like, alternate dimensions, like, mm. not part of the main yeah. canon. But I think in this, what they mean is it's either before or after what we normally spend oh, time in. Uh, I hope I it's mean, one of those. So similar to The Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, like, okay. even, like, in The Old Republic or, like, just a different time that we I'd usually I'd love to see, see something set in The Old I, Republic I would hate stuff. it. I mean, it'd be very interesting if you did just, like, gender swap Star Wars and, like, had the plot of the originals. I'm not saying that you need to do it this way, but, like, <laughs> just in terms of, like, set it in a similar, like, Rebels versus the Galactic Empire. Instead mm-hmm. of Luke, though, we have sort of female heroes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or something like that, I guess. But I, th- I just don't want it to be an alternate timeline go, that doesn't count. Do you know what I mean? Where yes. people can dismiss it as, that like, being not feels canon. annoying to do that. That would annoy me. Um, I don't really care, like, what time where in the timeline it fits. I don't know. Just give me a good story with some interesting characters and I'm I'm there. Uh, FX has ordered an animated pilot from Dan Harmon about Danny DeVito and Audrey Plaza raising the Antichrist. Brilliant. Yep. Love it. I'm sold. That's, that's pretty fun. That sounds like the greatest thing I've ever heard of. Uh, yep. This also comes from the AV Club. According to Deadline, the three of them are working together on Little Demon, an animated pilot for FX about the devil, a woman, and the Antichrist's daughter they have together. Dan Harmon, creative community and co-creator of Rick and Morty, executive produced with Danny DeVito playing the devil, Audrey Plaza playing a woman he impregnates, and DeVito's daughter Lucy DeVito playing their evil offspring. That sounds like such chaotic energy. I love it. It I love it so much. It sounds like the primary focus of the show will be on Plaza's character and the daughter as they try to live a normal life but are constantly thwarted by monstrous forces. Sounds really fun. And I trust Dan Harmon. Audrey Plaza is playing the mother of Danny DeVito's... Real life daughter. Yes. Are they the same age? What's going on? Yeah, could well be. Yeah, don't know. <laughs> mm, interesting. Um, I, I like the sound of that. I think that's an interesting premise, and I trust Dan Harmon to make it more than just jokes about the devil. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, there's it's more than just a good premise. There's yeah, substance. There. There's yeah. plenty there you could dive into, and and there's a lot to. Yeah, that could be really really fun. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, some sad news that's happened since oh. the last time we talked. Uh, three of them actually. Uh, Jerry Stiller known for mm. playing Frank Costanza, among other things, mm-hmm. on Seinfeld. Passed away on May the 11th. Fred Willard passed away on May 14th. I think my favourite work he did was probably Best in Show. Did you have anything in particular you loved, 
liked Fred Willard in? Yeah, so I think Best in Show is probably my favourite of those mockumentaries that he made. But like Waiting for Guffman and stuff, like all of, all of it is just... I, for some reason, have not seen Waiting for Guffman. I've seen oh, this Spinal Tap. I've seen we Best watch in that. Show. I would love it's to. Really... A lot of people talk about being the best one. And it's great. There's something, on, something about, there's something about The Wind as well. There's another one that's like mm. another a mm. band one that's apparently really good. There's a yeah bunch of them. Bunch of them that were great. And then Jerry Stiller as well, I think about his work in... Um, I really liked him in Zoolander. Yeah, <laughs> Zoolander was the one I was thinking of. And then, extremely tragically, Lynn Shelton died at the age of 54 due to mm. an undiagnosed uh, blood disorder, I believe. Yeah. Um, she was celebrated independent film director... Uh, the Mind Behind Hump Day, Your Sister's Sister, and My Effortless Brilliance, as well as directing episodes. This is where I knew her mainly from. Mad Men, New Girl, Master of None, Glow, which we mm. love, uh, The Morning Show, Dickinson's, and Little Fires Everywhere. Like, yeah, all very... Which I just watched the other day. And yeah. I would forgot that she... Because when, obviously, she passed away, I remember seeing on Twitter and, like, Reese Witherspoon's Instagram and stuff that she directed episodes. But I'd forgotten and then I... Saw her name come up on, I think mm. it was the pilot episode as well as a couple others. I was like, oh, that's right. Yeah. Did you, uh, have you seen any of her film work? Yes. Um, I've seen a few of them actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I always enjoyed her work. Yeah. Uh, HBO Max to release the Snyder Cut of Justice League. <laughs> so HBO Max, the newly released, uh, only released on May 27th in the US, HBO's new streaming service, includes a bunch of Warner Brother content, mm. uh, including com- the coming and going of DC superhero films. Some of them are there, some of them aren't, yeah. and they're sort of like in fluctuation all the time. But their big pull appears to be mm-hmm. they're going to spend somewhere between 30 and 20 and $30 million to bring Zack Snyder's vision of that film to life. His final vision of that film. I mean, I think they're incredibly silly to spend that amount of money on it. I think the people who will, you know, subscribe to HBO Max are silly for doing it for the purpose of seeing the Snyder Cut. I think it's all very silly. Just silly? Yes. I mean, I've got other words for it, but I'm being kind and calling it silly. (laughs) It's funny. I'm in a weird place with it because I think... The desire to have the Snyder Cut comes from a really toxic place. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people that go on and on and on about um, the the fanboys that have wanted it because they feel like something was taken from them or stolen from them or that mm. uh, Joss Whedon's version somehow was like tarnished Zack uh, Snyder's vision or His brilliance, yeah. that people just don't understand how good Batman versus Superman really is and stuff like that. It the demand for it that's come for it has comes from a really dark place. I think mm. if they want to spend money on making it happen, though, the only worry I have there is it's like how I feel about the rise of Skywalker, which is that it was pandering to the worst part of the fandom mm-hmm. that, that made that film as bad as it was by trying to retcon yeah. the Last Jedi, and then yeah, so I don't know. It's like I'm hoping I'm happy for the people who want this, I guess. Yeah, but also like. I don't know if this is something we should have done. I'm hoping that, you know, now that, like, a company is going to invest in something that that kind of fandom wants, mm. I'm hoping that this situation will show that those very loud people, it's actually not that many people. And so financially it won't that's be viable. That's true. But th- that's interesting as well, though, because even as someone who was like, the idea of the Snyder Cut is ridiculous, right? Mm. I am curious to see what it looks like when it comes out. Like, mm. it's going to pull people in, even who are sceptical of the idea, mm. to watch it, which might make a financial success anyway. I don't want it. 
But when it exists, well, it's like, well, that's a choice well, okay. that you have to make, Brad. Are you going to give them your money or not? I won't be giving them my money for that shit. Fair enough. Fair enough. And then it's like, this is becoming a problem, though, where this we're starting to see fandoms having influence on how things are getting made. Mm. We can debate whether that's the case with the rise of Skywalker, but I personally believe that is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, now we're getting the Snyder Cut of Justice League. The Sonic movie, they went and delayed that movie to go and re animate that i watched that which was i enjoyed it <laughs> I, I mean i saw it in cinema it's a lot it's the only it's the only film i've seen in cinemas this year <laughs> how does that make you feel i mean sad for you yeah 2020 <laughs> what a year uh however mm. Mm. funnily enough as much as that they were pandering to fan outrage mm. i think ultimately it was the right decision for mm. the movie mm-hmm. there's ethical questions about what that meant for the animators that were mm you know, asked to crunch to make that happen. Yeah. And that that was probably pretty shit. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's it's an interesting time we live in when you can just yell at someone enough until they change it to make it work for you. Mm. Mm. Ruby Rose is leaving Batwoman after she one is. season. She is. Very ha- interesting. Reportedly due to long hours is the main cause for her departure. Uh-huh. They, she did suffer an injury as well. I know that. She did have an injury on set. Mm. That's true. Uh, the role of Kate Kane... Not going to be recast, instead replaced with a new character, reportedly. Mm. How do you feel about that? You watched a lot of the first season, did you not? I watched maybe five episodes. I'll take. I'll say that's a lot. Yeah. Uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that you see that and you recognise that. Um, how do I feel about that? I mean, Ruby Rose was not the worst part of that show. The worst part was the writing. Sure. Um. And if she wants to go and do other stuff, sure, why not? In terms of the character, a new character coming in, I mean, I don't mind it. They do that with superheroes all the time. It seems totally plausible. It just, it's, I think there's going to be a lot of awkward first episodes in season two. Sure. Yeah. Uh, are you excited for the idea of this new version? You didn't seem to love where it was at. Does this make I'll you curious about season two? I'll probably check it out, yeah. I mean, I'll see, like, who is cast or whatever. Mm, that'll be a big part um, Maybe when some more information comes out and also about the character. And well, then, yeah, I'll probably say, check it out. You're more familiar with that character than I am. Mm. Is there a version of that character that you would be interested in seeing? Of like, I say bat character, mm. I mean bat woman, because obviously yeah. if it's not going to be I Kate mean, Kane. I only know Kate Kane. Okay. Yeah. Do you know any of the bat girls? Because there have been a few versions of bat girl no, as well. I, I wonder don't. whether they might... See, I don't know enough what the difference is between bat girl and bat woman and stuff like that. Anyway, we'll okay. see. We shall. Uh, older episodes of The Simpsons can now be streamed in their original 4 by 3 aspect ratio on Disney+. Plus. You just mm-hmm. need to toggle that switch on in the extras bit, I think, on The yeah, Simpsons page. Yeah, I saw a lot of people happy about that. Mm, me, me included. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a lot better to watch it that way. It just feels like it feels right for some yeah. reason. Uh, the 2021 Academy Awards have been delayed until at least April. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to see two films nominated in each category. <laughs> Brilliant. And Quibi launched and then everyone's already forgot about it. I don't know what it is. Don't care. Move on. the streaming. I don't need to know. Okay. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> Damask, what have you been watching, playing, reading, consuming, whatnot? Um, so, speaking of Lynn Shelton, like I said i watched little fires everywhere mm-hmm. i finished that last night so what is little fires everywhere i've heard of it yeah. i don't know much about it so it's an adaptation of a book by chelsea mm. i'm sorry if that's not how you mm-hmm. pronounce it um it's so it's made by reese witherspoon's production company who did big i was about to say lies. pretty little lies but that's not it. big little lies thank you um very kind of similar vibe um i think she was probably Hoping for the same kind of thing that. What's where is it being shown? Because that's HBO. Yes, I saw it on Amazon Prime. Sure. In Australia. Yep. Um. So yeah, it does have it in the way that it's made. I think it does have some similarities with Big Little Lies. Unfortunately, it has very few. If well, I don't actually think it has any moments of like yes or joy or any kind of levity it's it wants to be really moving um but it can feel overly dramatic to the point of actually being comical um when angela and i were watching the finale which is full of a lot of slow-mo big dramatic moments and we were literally laughing at that point and wow, we had been really that's, that's not a good sign no we had been really invested um i think one of the problems is that the characters are never more than their trauma like they're just like people like blobs of trauma running into each other um and then watching the trauma react with another type of trauma um the characters are incredibly incredibly unlikable um it's hard to relate to people who only cry or scream sure or do things seemingly such irrational behavior and you're like it can be frustrating at times it feels like a book that your mum would read on, like, holiday by sure. the beach. Like, it's just, like, full of, like, dark secrets that you're hiding. and Which is where I, I understand A similar- lot of tension in suburbia is the thing. So, as you say, similarities Very to Big Little similar. Lies. But 
Big Little Lies, you just felt like there was more ways to like enjoy the characters. The um, character seemed a little bit more nuanced, more interesting. Um, there were more than just their trauma there were mom- most of the time. Yeah, and like there were there were friendships there that you could see, and like, sure. and there were moments of like you know having a little giggle here or like something isn't yeah. quite so heavy. Yeah. Like few moments, but they I think they're still important for balance. Whereas in this, it re- they really went there. Unfortunately, I agree with you. I think those those moments are important for balance. You think mm. of Laura Dern has so much mm. fun in that role, Reese Witherspoon <laughs> as well, yeah. and then you've got like Nicole Kidman who's performance in Big Little Lies is extremely, you know, dramatically mm-hmm. driven, but it is balanced by what's going on, mm. even like, um, what's his name? And she was the person with her friendship with people like, you know, Reese's character and that yeah. type of thing. Which and like good. Adam Scott's inclusion in there who, mm-hmm. you know, sarcastic and funny and like, you know, all those little bits help. Makes them seem more like people as definitely. well and so you can identify with them. So I watched that and that was disappointing. But, you know, if you want like a binge or a show that, you know, that's a bit more dramatic that you can watch with like your mum or something. Um, go for it. So that's it was made by Hulu. Mm. Um, Hulu's having a bit of an interesting year, it seems like, because they also did The Great, which we mm. quite enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Have you watched? I'm trying to think of other shows from Hulu that we've watched previously or have been getting a lot of like critical- Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale is probably the big one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's been their like centerpiece it's so hard for a to while. Tell for us because. We don't have Hulu here, and so we just get it on other streams. Wherever they show up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, anything else you've been watching? Um, I started. I haven't watched all of it, but I started watching Dating Around, yes. season two of that. So, this is the Netflix dating show, essentially. Yeah. I really enjoyed season one. Mm-hmm. I think it's the perfect show to watch as, like, you eat dinner because mm-hmm. it can be, like, lighthearted and then you can discuss whoever, whoever you're watching it with about, like, you know, the faults of other people or why, like, they're a perfect match. It's just a kind of lighthearted, quite lovely show to watch of people trying to connect with one another and you you see where people miss and you see how people, like, have sparks. I don't know. It's just really fun kind of people watching. Yeah. And in isolation, when you don't really have an opportunity to people watch, it's a good time. I 100% agree. We've watched the first couple of episodes in my household. So there's four of us living there mm. and it's exactly what we've done. You yeah. know, dinner is made. We sit down on the couch together mm. and we watch an episode or two of Dating Around and... It is very much just talking about like, oh, this person, this person, she's not into him, yeah. but he's into her. It's like, oh, like, oh what a sleazebag. Yeah. Making bets about which one they're going to end up with at the mm. end or maybe they're not going to end up with anybody mm. or like, you know, talking about like not strategy is not the best term, but like, oh, that was smooth. Mm-hmm. Like you can, it, yeah. you can commentate on it. And what I like about it compared to other dating shows, it's very well-made production values-wise. Yes, it like it's yeah. beautiful to watch. There was one shot in an episode... I think it was the second episode where they walked into the restaurant and the camera followed them in and they went past it and then they went to the bar for their drinks before dinner. And I was like, that was so well lit. <laughs> and like, like it was almost rehearsed. I was like, mm. that could be in a movie. Like, that looked great. It does look beautiful, yeah. Um, there's no, like, I don't watch a lot of dating shows, but there's one on Channel 7, I think, here. That's like a bunch of different couples who all go to the same restaurant. On the, it's like first dates or something uh, like that. Yeah, first dates is what it is. And like that's a show that I found to be just kind of like innocent fun as well mm-hmm. at times to watch. But I find that one a little too stressful, but yeah. Too stressful. Mm-hmm. It's because what they do is they try and like uh, ham it up by having the talking heads and stuff like mm. that. Or the interviews at the end, they go, will you go on a second date? And there's like way too many stakes yeah. in it. And it's the edit and st- you feel them trying to create drama in that, I guess. Yes. Whereas with 
dating around, it's just much more... It's little moments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not overbearing. There's no voiceover. Mm. There's none of that sort of stuff. It feels how a, like, first date actually feels. Yeah. Like, it's in the way that it's shot and lit, it feels really romantic. Like, yep. a first date often does when you're going to a nice bar or restaurant. And, yeah, just full of all of those kind of getting to know you moments and sometimes they click and sometimes they just really don't. Yeah, I've, I think it's a really sweet show. Cool. Mm-hmm. Anything else you've been watching? Uh, same vein. I've been watching Queer Eye season two. Yes. So that's season five. Four, five, sorry. five, isn't it? Yeah. Far out. Jeez. I know. Time flies. Um, what year is it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you don't remember. I really don't remember. Oh, maybe I'm blocking it out. I think that's more yeah. it. <laughs> so Queer Eye, I would just put on in the morning. I would wake up and while I play with the puppy, I would just put Queer Eye on. Sure. Um, which is nice. Once again, very easy to watch. Yep. Simple show. I know the format. I know all the characters. I know what's going to happen in each episode. Uh, it's just quite a beautiful show. It's not doing anything profound, although sometimes it does like to pretend that it is. Um, yeah, it's just a nice show and that's okay. <laughs> I, I think I've mentioned this before, and I think every time we bring it up, I'll say the same thing. Mm. It's like, it's not changing, you know, it's not evolving. Yeah. They're not adding new members to the cast or anything mm-hmm. like that. The big difference here is it's taking place in Philadelphia rather mm-hmm. than in, I think generally it's been like the Midwest or the South more. Mm. Um, so this is a slightly different sort of demographic of people that mm-hmm. we're getting. Um, I think, but that like formula continues to work because I mm-hmm. think generally what they call their heroes, whenever they're talking about like Jonathan Van Ness talks about like the heroes of each season, mm. um, are mostly interesting. Mm. There's some, there's some that aren't, there's yeah. some that aren't, but there's a they are trying to find different angles in mm-hmm. terms of, you know, it's not always about doing it at someone's house. It might be helping with their business or something like mm. that, and those sorts of things as well, which yeah. is fun. It's nice to watch some people, you know get a much-needed leg up or just yeah. like a bit of a break, which is really nice to watch. Uh, yeah, it's not always like this person is really struggling. Sometimes mm. it's like you're doing a lot of good stuff, but like this part of your life you're ignoring and just yeah. you need to focus on that again. There's one episode about a very young like activist, which I quite mm. enjoyed because I think that's important as well. It's like you can put a lot of stress on yourself to be a... You know, we mm. talk about heroes, but like to be saving the world, to be achieving things all the time and you forget to look after yourself. Mm. They are always talking about self-care. Like it's not revolutionary. None of this is. But I don't know. It's just a healthy reminder. Yeah. If they released eight to ten episodes like this every six months for the rest of my life, I would happily have it. Like, again, it's dinner TV. Yeah. Yes. We sit down. An watch episode a day or whatever. Talk or, about yeah. what we like about it. Marvel at Bobby, Bobby's amazing work. Talk about how Tan got that one wrong, whatever. Mm-hmm. Cringe Alt- at Karamo's anything. Cringe at Karamo's anything. Wonder what Anthony's yeah. doing here at all. Mm. And then- I think Karamo <laughs> is like, because he has to be motivational, yes. which is such like an American thing, mm. that I think it makes Australians really uncomfortable sure. because we don't generally speak like that to one another. Um, so for me, it, it, it gives me hives when he's inspiring people. <laughs> I don't know what to do with it. Uh, but, yeah, you come away from it generally feeling good mm-hmm. and then you move on. Mm-hmm. It's not saving the world, but it's... It doesn't need to. doesn't need to. Yeah. Anything else? Oh, this one's down. Oh, sorry. Um, I watched The Nightingale, Ooh. which is written and directed by the lady that did The Babadook, which yeah. is amazing Australian film. Um, I'm sure many of you have watched it. This is her... New thing. Jennifer Kent. Jennifer Kent. Thank you very much. Um, oh, it's it's good. What What is it? So, 
it is about um, back in colonial times. Don't have the dates. Um, oh, a an Irish convict mm. um, wants her like, like I'm going to call it like release papers from the English soldier that owns her. Um, some some terrible stuff happens, and then she goes on a hunt for revenge with the help of an Aboriginal tracker. So um, is it is it horror? Is it thriller? Like, what would you describe it as genre-wise? A revenge film. Oh, okay. Is how I would describe sure. it. Sure. So that's like the Babadook in terms of like genre. Just yeah, it's not horror. Work. It's yeah. not horror. Babadook it's, is very much horror. Yeah, it's a revenge film. Um, mm. Uh, I wish you could see my face right now because I think it really represents I think, how I, think I feel. You sound as <laughs> tortured as you are it sort is of looking right now. Yeah, distressing. It is, and I. If you're very sensitive, I would say probably don't watch it. Um, there is a scene in particular that lasts at least five minutes, might be ten, in which you see the worst. Like, just think of the worst thing that could happen to a person, um, a woman. Um, Add, like, add another five things on top of that. It's one scene. Is it, it like misery time. porn? Is it like, is that sort of what we're leaning into here? It can here? feel like that, but I think, but it's not without purpose. I think it um, is to show what the attitudes were and the actions of um, particularly the English back then and sure. some of the things that they did to people. Um which is horrific and I think oftentimes, particularly in Australia, we have kind of glossed over the real horrors that happened. Ignored um, it or if not that, outright tried to bury it. Yes, exactly. Um, this film, yeah, digs up that stuff. It's really hard to watch. It's Yeah, it's really difficult. Um, the actors in it are amazing. The direction is beautiful. It's a very long film. It's like two and a half hours long. Um, if if you're able to sit through some horrific stuff, you know, it's an important time in history to kind of, particularly for white Australians, to really look at and reflect on. Um, it certainly made me reconsider my perception quite a lot because you can hear, you know, words like, you know, genocide and rape and all that stuff but then to have to kind of um like really look at it is really difficult yeah um but probably something that you should do if you can mentally uh it is yeah it's so it's it's difficult to talk about really sure i i think you've you've illustrated this very well Mm. obviously a very challenging film to watch as an audience member yeah but you felt as much as it is difficult it is trying what it's trying to achieve is worthy and it's worthy of watching if you mm-hmm. think you can handle it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think that says a lot. Yeah. It would be you wouldn't want to go into spoilers necessarily or no, no. beyond that. No. No. Um Where can you find it? How'd you watch it? I bought it on iTunes. So we just rented it. So how'd you come by it? Was it like something that you'd been mean to watch for a long time? No, was it recommended it was just, to? It was just in the recommended section. Sure. And then I saw that it was done by the lady who did the Babadook and I was yeah. like oh cool alright watch the trailer this trailer was heavy so I maybe watch the trailer if you can yeah Um, it, it was far heavier than that so be prepared for that the actual film Um, but I was like okay let's give it a go we knew it was going to be stressful evening to watch mm. uh, I couldn't sleep that night because I would just like 
wow. remember what happened. Yeah, it was pretty awful. Yeah. That's The Nightingale, everybody. You can find that on <laughs> iTunes for six ninety nine to rent. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. What about you, bro? What have you been watching? Well, I think there's one more thing that I can think of that you have been watching because you told me yesterday you were watching okay, it. Okay, what was that? The Last Jedi you're re-watching. Oh, I did re-watch that. You, yeah. you sort of started to say you were enjoying it. You, te- you were texting me this to yeah. me yesterday, I think it was, and you were saying you had enjoyed it so far, but you hadn't got to the casino bit. Yes. And then you didn't give me any other thoughts no. beyond that. I sort of was like, cool, <laughs> let's do those in the podcast. So That's you, right. when we saw this initially two and a half years ago, mm-hmm. when we saw it, uh, you came out of the cinema not liking it. Yeah, I didn't really like it. And no. I wasn't sure I liked it initially as mm-hmm. well, but I've since watching it grown more and more of an appreciation for mm-hmm. it. How did you go rewatching it this time? Well, because I rewatched it one time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this is your third viewing. This is my third viewing. And the time before, I was like, yeah, no, it's my, the problems I saw with it, I still see it, um, which is mostly like um, Finn and Rose's yeah. storyline. I had trouble with this third viewing. I enjoyed it much more, quite a bit more actually. Now I can see my only problems, not my my major problems with the Finn and Rose storyline is I think the dialogue is really bad. Sure, yeah, it's really I, bad. I actually agree with you on that part. There mm. are there are some lines I'm like. And it that just, could be much better. That more that moment would be much more effective with a better line. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I still had the reaction to cringe and roll my eyes when those lines come out, and I think like it really tainted the character of Rose for me. Sure, and certainly tainted the relationship of Finn and Rose mm-hmm. because I saw it as like really fucking lame. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I like just ignore like these two or three lines, it becomes much better. And so I actually quite enjoyed it. Yeah. So I still prefer Force Awakens. Sure. But I could happily like watch that again and be like, I do enjoy this film. Yeah. That's exciting to hear. Yeah. And I do think it's a film that rewards repeat viewings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think, think you because get a better it, idea of what it's trying to do the yeah. more times you watch it. And there's it. like so many moving parts in that film yeah. that I certainly the first time I watched it. It was hard for me to keep track of all the moving parts. Sure. Um, but now I kind of know where everything's heading. It's much easier to just sit back and enjoy. It, does it help at all that you know just how much of an absolute waste of time episode nine was? I mean, I can't really remember a whole lot from episode <laughs> nine, to be honest with you, other than um, Zombie Emperor um, <laughs> and that ridiculous, like, scorpion thing that's holding him up. Um, that stupid, like... Like this arm, yeah, the arm, yeah, Yeah. which is just the image of that makes me laugh a lot. Um, but beyond that, I don't really remember it. But no, I didn't want to, I wasn't really comparing it because I've only seen that once. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to see if I would like The Last Jedi if I watched it again. And I did. If you were, if we just because the Rose and Finn stuff is, I wouldn't say the central plot of the film anyway, right? Mm. Sort of the B or C story of that Mm -hmm. film. If we focus on the Ray and Luke. And Kylo stuff. Mm. What do you think about that? Those elements of the film. Hmm. I I think I still enjoy those parts. Yep. The I don't know. I because for me that is the that is where why the film is so great. Yeah. Because if it was if the rest of the film was on the same levels as Rose and Finn, mm. at most I would lukewarm like it. Yeah. I think like. Because of episode nine, what I know about episode nine now, it mm. actually retroactively um, makes that 
feel less now. Which is why I ignore episode nine's yeah. existence. Yes. Um, so this is the first time I've rewatched it after seeing episode nine. Yeah. Um, and so in terms of that, it's like disappointing, but mm. I definitely enjoyed those moments more before I knew what we know now. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, no, fair enough. Um, keep blocking it out. That's, that's healthy. Um, yeah, so I think it actually like kind of lessened it a little bit, but give it a bit more time. And I'll go back and I'm sure those um, Ray and Kylo stuff will and Luke will be good again. Oh, it's not that it's bad, but you know what I mean. No, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. It won't be as tainted by... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I won't be remembering as I'm watching it, oh, that's right. That and, this yeah. got completely ignored and retconned and none of this is actually as potent as it makes it seem... Yeah. They, as they were making it in this film. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, these great moments of like... Kylo becoming the big bad. Yes. And then I was like, oh, okay, cool. So the episode nine is going to be sick. Yeah. And then we never get that, which is really disappointing. Mm. The the thing that, that breaks my heart about episode nine, because I, I, this is where I want to start actually, is the only thing I've watched. This is, I've had Disney Plus since it released. Mm. Smash the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. I've watched a few Disney films here and there and pretty much have not touched except to dabble in The Simpsons here and there. Mm-hmm. I just I don't know what to watch. So I'll just chuck on episode yeah. whatever The Simpsons, right? It's perfect for, like, hungover days. Sure. Like, for, like, a nice Disney film, yeah. But I'm surprised how I'm not compelled to go to Disney+. Plus. They're not mm. releasing enough content no, at not. enough of a pace for it to be really worth my time. Whereas Netflix... I feel like it's mostly for people with kids. Yeah, yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, but they did release Episode Nine on the streaming service early, released on May the 4th, Star Wars Day, um, which, you know, at a period of time in... This year was in, it was cool to have something like that out there. Yeah. Also, maybe gave a little bit of like good buzz and feelings around episode nine because generally after the film it was not well, you know, going yeah. well. Um, and one of the things that's a watching episode nine again, I didn't hate it as much as I disliked it when we first saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, because some of the elements of it are successful in terms of like. Just generally, there's an artistic merit to a particular scene or moment or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But it's all completely underdone by the Emperor stuff and what they do with Ray. Like, it's so, mm. it sabotages the entire trilogy, and that's the bit that sucks. And talking about episode eight, this is not a Star Wars podcast, so we'll move on quickly from this generally. But what I love about episode eight is it elevates episode seven, right? Episode seven is a really, really fun adventure movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That feels very Star Wars, but ultimately didn't do anything outside of the Star Wars norm that made it stand out, right? It was mm-hmm. pretty much just a reboot of Episode 4. Mm-hmm. Episode 8 comes along, goes in a different direction, and makes Episode 7 better because it played on the expectations that this was just going to play out like Star Wars again, right? Mm-hmm. Personally, that's one of the reasons I love Episode 8. Mm-hmm. Also, Episode 8 is the best-looking, best-directed Star Wars film, possibly of all of them, overall. Yes, I think that's fair to say, even better than episode four, <laughs> episode five, um, in my opinion. And then nine comes along and trashes all that good work. And that's the bit that breaks my heart more than mm. anything. It's like, it's just unbelievable how it makes episodes eight and seven worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you just, oh, it's so frustrating. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> uh, I've been watching the new Big Brother Australia. Oh, I've been mean to... Get to that because your brother Liam was telling me that he had watched it. I was like, oh, okay. Um, Liam yeah, is tell now me, tell me, tell me. a self-confessed 
reality he show. Loves it. He's, He's loves always it. asking me, are you watching this? Are you watching this? And many times it's terrible stuff like house rules. So I'm like, no, I've oh, got housewives. That was next to my list. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So that, this is, again, this is one of those things that like we watch together as sort of a, as a family unit, you might say the four of us living in the house. Mm-hmm. What's, I haven't really watched a lot of Big Brother since the first two or three series, starting mm. back in 2000, I think it was, Big Brother originally in Australia. I loved the first mm. season, was right into it. Yeah. Second season, third season. I remember even trying to watch on dial-up internet, try and watch like the live feeds of oh, what yeah. was happening inside the house oh, and stuff uncut. like that. Yeah. I remember Big watching Brother a uncut. guy stick his dick into like a spa kind of jet, which was, <laughs> I think I was like 12 at the time. Um, and that was like, that was something to see. Anyway, <laughs> go on. So what? And then our prime minister made them get rid of it because he said it was porn. That, that Big show. Brother Uncut. Yeah. 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 Anyway, go on. What was interesting about, and one of the reasons I liked Big Brother back in the day, but also possibly the reason that I didn't continue to watch it, right, mm-hmm. is that I enjoyed it because of the observational factor of it. Yes. You can talk about if that's gross or whatever, but the idea that you could have a show like Big Brother Uncut and they just go, you know, we put 12 people in a house and this is the sort of shit they get up to, mm-hmm. right? People have, are disgusting. And converted. pretty crazy, right? Yeah. Or they had like this up like up like game show where it's like while that's they, right i remember that they would like play games to win money while they were the housemates were just sleeping or doing nothing in the house <laughs> with and hot like dog check right in. was it hot dog no I, I think hot dog might have done it later oh because he was a contestant yes yeah, he was a big yeah, brother yeah. contestant yeah there was a character called hot dog because <laughs> we're was, australian it yeah. was the voiceover guy mike something or other mm, oh that's right he was the guy that did he was actually yeah. quite good in the show go for yeah. a couple of hours it'd be on every weeknight <laughs> and you just like have like mm. ring up to answer puzzles and win money mm-hmm. while watching big brother i know there was the but the observational part of it was why i found like it's just you watch it. It's minimally edited to make it feel like you got a real sense of what these people were like. Mm-hmm. Okay. The new one is Domestic Survivor. So it's not happening in real time. I can't go and watch them online. Whatever the events happened didn't even happen in the last 24 hours. They happened months ago. It's heavily edited down to only three episodes a week. Mm. They go for about an hour and a half each that cover a few days. And the whole thing is edited to the get out. Like it's that reality show thing that I hate where it's super manipulative mm. where the you can see they're adding in pauses that aren't really there. I they're love taking that. out Is it dialogue. funny? Uh no, and that's uh. the other thing. It's all about creating drama, right? It's always you need about the, the drama. Of both, which is why I love my housewives. Anyway, yeah. And that's it's not trying for that mm. at all. It's it, it almost I'm not going to say humorless but it, it's it's really trying to this is why I say it's like domestic survivor because it's all about like the game and the mm. drama and the strategy and thing all the time that's like the american big brother which is what i've been told as well yeah because like. i've yeah obviously i've watched the australian one like the the past iterations i've watched i've watched the uk one big brother uk which i actually think is some of the best Big Brother that I've watched, particularly sure. the Celebrity Big Brother, the one with um, Courtney Act in it, is a great season of Big Brother. Sure. I've tried to watch the American one because my old housemate Joseph he loved it, and so we watched the UK one together. And he's like, "Oh, let's watch the American one." I hated it. Yeah, <laughs> I hated all the strategy and stuff. I'm like, I'll watch Survivor if I want to watch Survivor, yeah. particularly because Australian Survivor is so fucking good. Everyone out there should watch Australian Survivor. Um, it, 
and I've just found everyone really unlikable on it. Mm. And like you said, humorless. Mm. Um, so, yeah, if it's like that, I probably won't love it. Mm. I just do For me, it feels like, and like, obviously, if you prefer this version of it, totally understand. Mm. That's fine. There's, you know, there's a reason people like Survivor and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's the version of the show you like. For me, I think the reason, and again, it's been a long time since I've been anywhere near Big Brother. So, this is, you know, hypocritical, but... The observational big brother of it is in the title is about watching these people and examining mm. them and getting to know them in that context, mm-hmm. not highly edited to make you hate everybody on the show. Yeah. Or and it just always feels like I'm being manipulated by the edit constantly, and that kind of just defeats the purpose for me. There's yeah. one character in the show that I like. Um and then like things like I mean maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just a prude or a, I don't know. But the there's a bit where they like they all had to face their worst fears, right? Mm. And there was this like gingerbread house and these people I I don't think they're acting. If they're acting, they're better actors than any actors I know. Mm. They they're look coming for you, Meryl. Fucking just like terrorized. It yeah. looked traumatic to have these people be in these rooms with these things. I'm like, and then they're playing this funny music over it and you can hear Everyone laugh like the the laugh in Big Brother's voice as he's enjoying this. I'm like, this is gross. I don't. Right. This is. Can you tell awful. me what the fears were? Okay. Yeah. There were some definitely some strange ones in there. Yeah. Right. One was hairy knees. <laughs> okay, that's quite funny. Yeah. Another one was soap bubbles. Interesting. There was another one that was a snake. There was another one that was just dogs. And oh, that could be. Like- and birds was. Yeah, at- I'm scared of birds. Yeah. Right. And. The well, I understand, right? And the mm. bit that this weeds me out, I, I, I'm uncomfortable with the idea of doing this to people with, like on the show and then presenting it as entertainment. Mm. Is that where I work, we have a therapy dog, mm-hmm. right? Well, the psychologist that works there has a therapy dog, which is a very useful tool for her mm-hmm. and for her clients. However, we need to let everybody that we know coming into the into the clinic that there is a therapy dog because people really can sometimes have a problem with dogs. Yeah, like it's a really big issue. Yeah, it can be very upsetting to people. Yeah. And the idea that you would, I would do that to somebody for entertainment purposes, mm. yeah, that doesn't sit with me. No, that 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 just doesn't feel right. No. Well, just, you have a sense of empathy, which is <laughs> what I love about you. Bro. Maybe that's it, <laughs> yeah. and maybe that's being judgy or something. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to be that way. So. I, I think just, that's normal. I just like, ugh, this is kind of gross to me now. And I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not enjoying that. Uh, you don't like to exploit the fears of other people, and that's fine. <laughs> That's okay. You don't have to feel shame around that. Um, house rules, high stakes, reality show <laughs> about doing renovations on each other's houses, Australia's favourite sort of television. Mm-hmm. The reason I bring it up is because it was a perfectly average season of that show. Mm. What was interesting is you could tell it got cut short by coronavirus mm. where they had to come up with a grand final concept real quick yeah. and make it happen because they were limited. Right. And they never said it, but normally like what happens in the show generally is they – all do each other's houses and get voted on by judges themselves on, you know, who has the most points. Mm. And then you do backyards and then you do... Uh, you do like different rooms each week a chari- then So there's a charity room, uh. then you do backyards, then you do one final challenge, right? Right. And you reduce from like six teams to four, to five, to four, to three or two at the end, right? They went from doing the renovating to each other to this is the grand final and four teams are doing it and it's going to be this charity one. And it was... On right. a small, a little home, was on a mm. little house, mm-hmm. and you know this show is meant to go for another month, right. and they were like, nah, guys, this is your last chance. <sighs> You're all fighting. You've got four days. Do this. We're going to do 
the judging and the final episode all together because we can't be here mm. <laughs> anymore. It just felt like wrapping yeah. up. It was the first time I've seen any TV that has been, di- like, apart from sport, yeah. that's been directly affected yeah, by the pandemic. Right. I thought that was quite interesting. I'm so sorry watch. for your loss. Oh, no, it wasn't. It, <laughs> I didn't bring it up because of the loss. Yeah. I brought it up because I was just interesting to see, like, and, the direct yeah, effect of it. How that's going to play out in the next few months, I guess. Yeah. With other shows, yeah. Exactly. We actually watched together the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt special. We Kimmy did. versus The Reverend. Do you remember it? Because I barely did. I mostly remember it. It was pretty late in the evening and we'd had we'd had a good night, yeah. We'd had a very good night. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember enjoying it. Yeah, I had fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was... So, for those who don't know, this is on Netflix. It's a... Or, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a fin- an extra finale. It's almost like an epilogue or bonus mm. episode sort of thing mm-hmm. on the Kimmy Schmidt. Because you've watched all of Kimmy Schmidt, right? Whereas I, I finished after season... I haven't gone back after season one, basically. Yeah. Um, but I didn't feel like I needed anything to catch up. No. Really. No. And it's a choose-your-own-adventure so mm-hmm. it's in the style of uh, the Black Mirror episode Bandersnatch, mm-hmm. which is Choose Your Own Adventure as well. How did you feel about how that played out? I think it was really fun. I, it's a little less um, polished in the sense that like, we were constantly told that we made the wrong decision and then had to do another thing, Yeah, um, which was fine. Like That kind of was part of the fun, really, but it's not... It's not a complicated thing. There's clearly a story that is meant to be told with like a couple of scenes like that are running parallel. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought it was like a cute, fun little thing to do. And it's, you know, it's nice to see those characters again. I love Titus um, in this. Everything he said once again made me laugh. I, I, I enjoyed it as like a, a little extra feature. Yeah. I thought it was very fun to do as a little group, mm. make those choices. I was having a great time. I thought it was very funny overall. Yeah. It is interesting. It does feel less like a choose your own adventure and more like I've got to sort of suss out the Easter eggs yeah. to get <laughs> all the bonus stuff yeah. and not just get the most straightforward version of the story. That's right. Because I was trying to get it right. Yeah. And then you were like, no, no, we're doing this one because that's clearly the wrong one. And then we get to see next scene. And once I realized that, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, yeah, that, yeah. that is a fun way to do it. You had to go for the like the one that was clearly labeled the bad option because <laughs> yeah. it was way more yeah. fun to have that, have it yeah. rewind on you and then do yeah. the, Which is great the canon way. You see what happens and then the character, you know, will tell you what an idiot you are for choosing that. And then you're back to the beginning. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, so that was a lot of fun. You can it find was. that on Netflix. I also finally got around to watching Jojo Rabbit. The Taika ah. YTT. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Episode 14, YTT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so this is based on a book, I think, of the same name. I might be wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, won an Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay. Mm-hmm. Is about a boy named Jojo living in Nazi Germany. Oh, it might even be Poland. Anyway, Nazi Germany. Let's go down to Germany. Um, <laughs> You're looking at me. I'm like, yeah. I watched it so long ago, I can't remember. Uh, yeah. And he is a, essentially being recruited into the Hitler Youth. Um, it might be Austrian, actually. It might be Austria. You might be yeah. correct, actually. I think you were right. I think it is Austria. Yeah. And uh, it's about being, I guess, yeah, indoctrinated or into the Hitler Youth. Mm-hmm. He has, has an imaginary friend in Hitler. Mm-hmm. And then his it's relationship- a shiny, cool- Club, according to a young boy. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. super fun, right? You're given cool knives uniforms, and- told you're a big, strong dude who exactly. can help the country, if not the world. Yeah. And that's essentially what the, the, the movie is about. It's about like how children can get sucked into hateful, hateful mm. philosophies. And 
why it can be so appealing to them when it's presented in such a way, mm-hmm. which is, for me, what I found so relevant about the story is we're seeing all the time about mm. kids on YouTube and stuff like that, watching streamers and those sorts of things, who then, for some reason, the YouTube al- YouTube al- algorithm sends them in the direction of talking about how... Um, you know, Black Lives Matter isn't a thing or Gamergate or whatever it might be mm. and, like, sends them down the path of white superiority or whatever it might mm-hmm. be. Like, it's it's still relevant and obviously set in a, a very um, famous and poignant moment in human history. And it's... I think people initially saw the concept and thought it was somehow wasn't respectful of that time mm-hmm. in some degree. It starts with this kid dancing his way to, I think it's the camp at the time, whatever yeah. it is at the start yep. of the film, uh, to a German version of a Beatles song. It's like it, I think it's A Hard Day's Night. It's like it's doing like a riff on A Hard Day's Night opening mm. and he's saying Heil Hitler to everyone along the way. Yeah, And like people found that disrespectful and I understand that initial gut reaction mm-hmm. but unless you actually pay attention to what the film is doing mm. it's very very anti-racism anti-discrimination yeah. anti all of those yeah. things I think people were concerned about like yeah the levity it gave to such a serious thing as well as like you know making certain like people who believed in Nazism and what that stood for as making them likable yes. and I think it's doing well that's like I think that's an important part of it is that it's important to understand why people are doing things yeah why like, they were attracted yeah. to that philosophy why, why simply idea. saying people do bad things because they're bad I think is unproductive mm-hmm. um and just on honestly, like a childish way to view things um and I think looking at the reasons why people doing are doing certain things. The the nuance around um, why things in our history have happened and mm-hmm. not simply remembering bad people as bad people because it's easy to think that you would never do something if you see that badness as other. You know what I mean? Whereas if you actually reflect on the choices that people made yep. from a human perspective and not from a vilified, you know, they're only a villain, then you can kind of identify where you yourself need to change, where, you know, you haven't explored, yeah, your own thought patterns, your own your own thinking. Like it's, yeah, I, it, it was one of, uh, I thought it was a really good way for, to kind of tackle <laughs> this ickiness that we're experiencing now and ickiness isn't the right word, but you know what I mean of like, we're not bad guys and good guys. There's so much more there. There's people doing really bad fucking things. Yeah. It's, as you said, it's too easy to just make Nazis the bad guys in Daniel Jones and yeah. in your video games and yeah. say Nazis are bad, right? And like, which you're, they not, were. you're not wrong, right? <laughs> but it's every, also. Well, most people should. Everyone agrees that Nazis were bad. Surprisingly, less people than I thought. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> That's been a, a, a shock for us white people, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people of colour have known for a long time, <laughs> um, but we are only now realising that. Shame on us. Um, but, yes, go on. What uh, well, I was going to say, it's the one of the things it does is it talks about, like, yes, you're talking about, like, why a person would make that bad choice, right? But it's, all, mm. it's, it's looking at that this is 
deliberately people were told and made to believe these things because of the systems in place to make them believe yes, that. Exactly. When a child is indoctrinated into the Hitler Youth, yeah. you know, they are being fed very specific information mm-hmm. and being told this is yeah. the way the world works. And like they're going to think that way. Mm-hmm. And it's they're not naturally that's not how they're brought up, but yeah. that's what they're twisted into believing in that point. Yeah. And that's it's I, really hard not to be an active participant in the culture that you belong to. Yes. It's very fucking hard um, and takes a lot of resources to be able to do that, to be able to reach outside of your own culture. Um, yeah. And it's an important thing to acknowledge and discuss. And as like I said, surprisingly relevant still. Mm. And I think a healthy reminder that just because the Nazis lost World War II doesn't mean that that sort of thinking and those sorts of programs mm-hmm. don't exist in the world to, to some mm-hmm. degree, that – people mm. and our children yeah. are still at risk of falling yeah. into these sorts and that of philosophies. those kind of ideals didn't exist inside the Allied forces. Of course they did. Yeah. There were Nazis all over Europe, not just in Nazi-occupied places, not only just in Europe, but in places like America and Australia. There yeah. were like Nazis walking around at the time who thought what was happening was great. And then on top of all of that with this film, mm. I think it was written beautifully. It was very funny and entertaining when it wanted to be. Mm-hmm. It was heartbreaking and devastating when it needed to be. Mm-hmm. The performances from everybody involved are fantastic. Yes. From the kids, from Taika Waititi. Waititi? Just commit to what you believe, bro. Droid Waititi. <laughs> no, I hate, didn't like that. No. From Taika. Yeah. Um, from Scarlett Johansson. She was brilliant in this, I thought. I understand wholeheartedly almost, yeah. why she got her... Best Supporting Actor nod for that one or uh-huh. nomination. I thought she was great. Yeah, shockingly good for her. Yeah, yeah. Really, 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 yeah, really yeah. good. And I'm not like there is problematic Nate stuff around Scarlett Johansson. There's no of doubt course. about it. Yeah, yeah. But I can't take away from her performance in this. I thought she was mm-hmm. perfectly cast and really, really great in that film. Mm-hmm. Um, the artistry that went into it, I think sometimes people think of Taika, Taika as being like the... Just a bit twee and jokey and like all those sorts of things, which he is. That's part of mm-hmm. his style. But there is a real artistry into it. There is the shots chosen, the way the film is constructed and put together is really, really, really considered. Mm-hmm. And I honestly thought the film was great. Like yes. really, really good. I'm I'm ashamed it took me so long to say it. I think that's mostly what I want to talk about. A couple mm-hmm. of just side things that aren't film and television quickly. Mm-hmm. Um for people who are looking for a sport alternative, since a lot of sport is missing in the world at the moment. <laughs> oh, no. Here comes the agenda. Uh, the AFL, the Australian Football League, is now playing again. Mm-hmm. Uh, first round back, round two of the season, happened last weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no NFL at the moment. There's no. I don't know what's happening with soccer in, in Europe and the UK. They might be playing, it might not be. There's no <laughs> baseball. There's no ice hockey. There's mm-hmm. no any of that right now. There's no basketball. Mm-hmm. Go check out AFL. There you go. It's on... Fox Sports, I think, or ESPN or something. You can find it yeah. if you're into those things. Give it a try. Yeah. Richmond are playing Hawthorne this week. Yeah. Uh, so, if you need a team to follow, Brod's team is Richmond. Go for the Tigers. I newly adopted Richmond as my own as well. Um, so yeah, Undefeated if- for 12 months. Yes, there you go. Well done. I'm sure the people care. Won the last <laughs> premiership. They did. That's important. So, you know that you're not like betting on a loser from the get-go. Best player in the AFL, Dustin Martin. Most mm-hmm. exciting to watch. There you go. <laughs> Check it out. It's really good, guys. AFL. It's not rugby. It's a different sport. Check it it's out. It's very different to rugby. Very different. And if different. you're watching it and you're like, I have no idea what's happening, that's okay. Reach out. I watch it. <laughs> I'll talk I've lived you. in Australia my whole life. I don't understand a lot of it, like a huge amount of it. 
but I still enjoy watching the games, particularly with Brad, who is very active, even sitting on the couch. Yeah. Another thing I've been doing, finding myself really finding a bit of a security blanket lately, is I've been watching um, streamers. Kyle Bossman is one of my favorite sort of internet video game personalities. Mm. And just having in the background, watching him play his way through an old PS1 RPG mm-hmm. has been really, really, really just That's lovely nice. little does security blanket in the background. As he goes? Uh, he does. I don't watch them live. I tend to watch like the the recorded version. No, I mean, afterwards. like, is he just talking? Not specifically to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, the thing is he can, because if yeah. you're watching as it's happening live, then you can chat to him in the, like, the, you know, typed out chat or whatever. And mm-hmm. he does communicate and talk with his, um, what he calls, he calls chat, mm-hmm. his viewers and whatnot. Um, I think he's just a really entertaining guy. He's quite quirky and out there and quite funny and I don't know. Just Is that on Twitch, YouTube? Twitch and you can find Kyle Stream Dump, I think is the name of the channel on um, YouTube. You can just watch mm-hmm. them there. He's playing through, uh, he's just finished playing through Legend of Dragoon, which is a PS1 game. Um, Dragoon? Legend of Dragoon, double O-N. Right, okay. Um, they are, it is a dragon fantasy mm. world sort of thing, but Dragoons is the name of what they call like people who can take on this, like, dragon-like armor and wings and stuff like that. It's cool. very Japanese RPG. Right. It's PS1 graphics. It's oh, all like text. That. He performs a lot of it with his silly little voices and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It is utter silliness. Yep. It's also just that's nice. really nice to have on the background. Yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. I'm back on Dungeon Run now. So, Are so. you up to date with that or no, ages behind They still? release so much and every yeah. episode is three hours long. I love it, but I can't catch up. Someone it's so hard. said there's more... Like Critical Role, which is another like Dungeons and Dragons stream. Mm. And maybe those said the same thing about Dungeon Rob, whatever it is. Like those shows have more content than all of The Simpsons ever made. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like because they yeah. release so much so often, mm-hmm. there's just, it's hard to get through it all. Yeah. Uh, I did want to have one very, very quick discussion topic with you, mm. if you're willing. And maybe mm. there's something here, maybe there's not. I'm interested in what your thoughts are on the future of cop television shows on TV. Mm, fascinating. Because, like, yeah. in the midst of the Black Lives Matter movement and talk about defunding or abolishing the police and, like, the very least trying to heavily reform form and change how mm. the police work, at least in the United States, mm-hmm. there's this big discussion about how, like, the police are basically have this amazing propaganda campaign mm-hmm. of being the good guys on television, yeah. right? How many cop dramas and shows other on TV, um, whether it's like your CSIs or your NCISs or whatever it might be, or those sorts of shows. I don't really watch them, to be honest. No. Law and Order, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Whether it's cops, like the show Cops, which is just following around. Or in Australia, we which have like- Which is cancelled now. Which is now being cancelled. Mm. In Australia, we have um, the random breathalyzer oh, test yeah. show, whatever it is, yeah, and stuff like that. Cool. Yeah. Like those sorts of shows. And then you've even got things like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is a sitcom set in a police station. Yeah. um, Which some of the actors, Stephanie Beatriz and Griffin Newman, have donated, I think, part of their salaries. Yeah, a lot of people that have played police officers have decided to do that. Have been doing that as well, which is a very, very interesting thing. Um, Are we going to see a change? Are we going to see a shift in this sort of police-centred television Mm. on TV? I think we should... I'm not entirely convinced that we will because I think particularly with things like CSI and NCIS, Mm -hmm. that's like old white people watching those shows. Sure. Um, I think they will continue to watch those shows. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think we should. 
but I don't know if we will. I hope there is a change and that shows like that won't be made. I think I would assume – I'm making assumptions, but I would assume that the team that made Brooklyn Nine-Nine mm-hmm. would not be making it now if, as if like they hadn't started yet. Sure. I don't think that would be the decision. Does that mean that they will cancel that? Does that mean that they will say, you know what, if production is happening, this season is our last season we're finishing? Who knows? Should they probably do that? Yeah, probably. What do you see is the problem with it? Just to like get bare bones to the basics of this situation. Like what's the problem with the way it's currently represented as television? I think it adds to a narrative that supports how I have always felt about the police but is not the actual lived experience of those that have had interactions with the police. Mm-hmm. I haven't had really any interactions with the police. I haven't been a victim of crime, certainly nothing that I've reported. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been – I've never had a negative experience with police, but I really haven't had any experience, which is like the experience of most like white people in my socio with my socioeconomic status. Yeah. Um, And so I have always seen police as protectors and all of the um, media I have consumed has added to that perception. That perception is not accurate as I am discovering um, and have been discovering over the last few years. It's it's a lie really (laughs) and I I don't think the lie should be added to. It's interesting because the – yes, it is not representative of the actual – reality of the police force mm-hmm. and i'm not saying that i i think it that's true of in australia but it's particularly true of in the united states mm. with their militarized police force and all those sorts of parts yeah. of it as well um the the thing about it as well i guess is the like i'm trying to think of like how this works for other shows like if you look at like a medical drama mm. that is not the reality of like the medical system necessarily no. either right and so, the all those things are amped up for drama mm-hmm. and aren't realistic portrayals of those things. So, is that the responsibility of the TV show to be accurate? Do you think it's been a deliberate campaign to be almost propaganda no, for I the police? No, I think it's white people telling stories that are in somewhat... It related to the reality that they believe to be true. Mm-hmm. Um, so they believe cops to be protectors, to uphold justice, all of those things. Um, but as we now learn that that is not the case, a lot of the time, particularly in terms of dealing with people of colour, you know, if we learn that, say we live in Nazi Germany, right, mm. and we learn that the SS are bad, which they were, and Nazism is bad, which it was and is. You stopped – the stories around Nazis change. It should change. So what would you like to see change? It's just a situation where I'm really – like, first of all, like, I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate here just for sake of conversation. Because you're a white man. That's what you do. I think it's just because I'm Mm. broad. Um, The – we – I'm very, very happy to hear that Cops has been cancelled particularly. Yeah. I'm fascinated to see what Brooklyn Nine-Nine does, right? Because I think that's, interestingly enough, one of the really problematic ones. 
Yeah. Because it's it's a sitcom, right? It's a yeah. comedy show. It is deliberately making fun of the police mm-hmm. and crime and all those sorts of things. It is not... I think there are probably... I haven't seen a whole lot of it, but I'm sure there are episodes that do say some more profound things, but overall that's not the mission of there, yeah, there Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Yeah, there was one particular right? episode in which Terry Crews' character is... Um, victimized by a police officer who does not realize that he is also a police officer. Um, and this is because he is a, it's been ages since I watched that episode, but I believe because he's a black man in the suburbs. And so there is a kind of a discussion around that. It very much feels like, you know, a very special episode mm-hmm. where they're dealing with, um, yeah, racist racism in the police force. But it's not enough. <laughs> like it's it's one episode out of, you know, many. So there's been this ideas thrown out there of like, what if everybody from the cast of Brooklyn Nine Nine was suddenly just working in the post office yeah. instead <laughs> of the police I'm force? Down for. I was yeah. like, that'd be cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would take that. That'd be an interesting. Like mm-hmm. way to still talk about what is essentially a government. Uh, run organization, but just doesn't involve mm-hmm. guns and like the power yeah. that the police have yeah, in the community. The persecution of yeah. black people and people <laughs> all of that color. sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Again, things that were apart from very special episodes weren't ever addressed in that show, yeah. but is the reality of that the system as it exists yeah. in, in the real world? Yeah. What about shows like? Because I wonder whether we might see people talked about this for a while have said there should have been for a long time now like an internal investigations version of Law and Order. Like mm. you've got your ACUs and uh, SVUs and stuff like that. Um, maybe it was time for a look at what happens inside law enforcement mm. in the US and make that a season of television or the focus is yeah. on that television for a while. Yeah. I mean, I think- Or do we just get rid of it altogether? Well, that's the thing. It's, like, it's hard because it depends on what you, what you believe. Is the entire system corrupt? And so are you just making a story in which the system still works and there are people within the system yep. who are fighting bad cops, which we know is not how it works. They just you know cover up for each other and- you might lose your job and or then anyone, you'll get it back again. anyone that dared to be a whistleblower is just ostracized and ostracized and ostracized. Or just and fired immediately. Yeah, or yeah. just forced out because it is the culture inside is that we look after each other. Yeah. Do Look, should Brooklyn Nine, like they all just have a mass walkout and realize they're part of the problem and go and work in like a community center? Sure. Well, that's where I wonder if we're looking long term because it's the immediate what do we do, mm. right? And then the long-term hope would be, right, mm. let's talk utopian, perfect, you know, the way things these things come out, right? I'd love to do that, yeah. Is that somehow sweeping reform, defunding, mm-hmm. abolition, whatever it is, of the police force happens. Mm-hmm. And, yes, we still have a part, some sort of community service that is a, like, um, peacekeeping or, like, helps to deal with violent behaviour, but it's different in the way that it works in mm-hmm. terms of the sort of techniques they training they're given. Mm-hmm. We've also got these other systems in place that uh, doesn't means you don't call up or send out the same people that are there to make sure that a shooter in a school yeah. is and is also the person that's looking after petty crime or domestic violence or whatever it might be, right? Mm-hmm. That there are these different systems in place that are you know, involve counsellors and whatever, mm-hmm. right? Those ideas are still much better people than me have got that stuff figured out, what that would look like, right? Yeah. But then you create a show about that system instead. Mm. Like, that's the version we all want to see. And maybe you don't also make it as rah-rah, these are the good guys and the system yeah. works sort of stuff all the time. 
But that you could create, if you want to keep creating drama in those institutions, you just have it based on the new institution where yeah. it's ready. But right now, maybe you need to like pull back and go, eh, this isn't right and yeah. take it off the air. I love I don't that. Know. Like if there's just a bunch of new shows that exist in an alternate reality or future that is um well is that the option aspirational just- to like okay this is these are how systems could work let's sure. make a show about that sure examine those potential ideas and systems talk about why it works one way maybe when it doesn't work mm. those sorts of things how we go about fixing that throw those philosophies and ideas against the wall and go let's test them on TV mm. that would be cool that would be cool don't think it's going to happen though you never know you still want your cool like Enhance, enhance, enhance. Oh, we caught the bad guy. Let's go. Like, I was watching... Yeah. There was something on TV the other night. It was on after... It might have been after Big Brother, whatever. I can't even remember. And it was a show... It had Paget Brewster in it. Mm. I can't, a Criminal Minds? Might, something like I that. I think she was on Criminal Minds, Or Criminal yeah. Investigations, whatever it was. And it was about some bomber. And it was... I wasn't really watching it, but mm. there was enough of it coming in for me to go, this is trash. <laughs> this is All like... All those shows are genuinely terrible. Oh, They're so bad. so bad, yeah. But there's so many of them. Mm-hmm. There's so many of them. People love a formula mm. and it's really comfortable. Like, I know who the good guys are. I know who the bad guys are. I know exactly what they'll do at every step of this episode. It starts and ends the same way. Mm. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about any of that stuff? Look, I'll say what I should have said at the top, which is like, we are not the people to discuss we this. We are the wrong people but, to discuss um, it. But there you have it. I am fascinated in the problem as it exists in pop culture, though. Like, yeah. that is... You'd hope that it can change and alter in some yeah. way. I, 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 the yeah. thing I'm most interested in is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Because that's got another season yeah. scheduled. Mm. I think that's I a think show with like, good intentions yeah. at every point, yeah. really. It is really important to like take note of how these things are connected and yeah. have been connected for so long. I mean, I've often said, you know, I'm, tra- I'm training to be like a media and English teacher, but I believe media should be the new English, if not like run parallel. It is the way that we express and communicate ideas now. Sure. We have kids who spend all day, all night consuming media. We need to be informed as to like how that influences ourselves and each other. Um, and so the stories we tell are really important. Like it's never been so prevalent the way that we consume our culture's ideas. And so we need to be aware that either we can affect our culture or just reabsorb the same destructive ideas. So I I think it's a really important discussion to have. Well said. Perfect place to leave the podcast. Uh, We'll be back next week. In a few days, sometime pretty soon yeah. with our review. I started watching Killing Eve, so we're Excellent. well cool. on our way. <laughs> so we'll get that out as soon as we can within the next week or so. Mm-hmm. We'll be reviewing Killing Eve Season 3. In the meantime, thank you again for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye.